Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hi, I'm Zane Lowe. Thanks for joining us for another conversation on the interview series. If you're here, then you know what we do. We talk to some of the most compelling and exciting influential artists in the world of music. And this week, I mean, we're talking about one of the great independent voices coming out of the UK of her generation. Little Sims has been making music for longer than most people think, but she really jumped onto the world stage with an album called Grey Area, which kind of fused her friendship and creative collaborative experience with Inflow into the perfect result. You got this kind of timeless, dusty, throwback drums, very rhythm section heavy, other things sprinkled around really this idea of bass and drums and the wisdom of Little Sims. It was critically acclaimed, it won a ton of prestigious awards and set her up as a bona fide UK festival headliner she quickly turned around and released a follow-up album which is start to finish flawless and now she's back with another project this time partially recorded in paris all the while she's been following other creative pursuits including showing up on the critically acclaimed and incredible top boy series so we know that little sims likes to create and likes to work what she doesn't really do very often though is talk so we were really happy and honored when little sims decided to join us right here on the interview series to have what turned out to be you know, a really brilliant wide-reaching conversation about life creative process and how it is to try and pull the two things together this is our guest on the interview series you're gonna love it this is little sims good to see you good to see you too it's crazy i i, I kind of man it's hard i'll be straight up i get a little bit emotional when i've been looking forward to meet someone for so long mm-hmm. i know your music so intricately and so and so much you know, we've met virtually and whatnot, but the fact that we're sitting here face to face and you've put out so much incredible music and had such amazing life so far, full of ups Thank and you. challenges. Yeah. I feel like the timing is right. Timing is divine. I feel like timing's important to mm-hmm. you. I th- you know, in fact, that's one of the things which I love about you is that I feel like you understand the importance of timing. Mm. Has it always been the case? Even as a kid, were you like, mm, I'm not ready to do that? Yeah, I think um I've always just followed my my intuition, you know, my gut and just kind of always listened to that little voice in me that's like, okay, it's now, it's now, go. You know what I'm saying? Don't hold back. Don't be afraid, you know, try mm. and eradicate fear. Um, oh, that's a big one. To come out of childhood yeah. and understand that fear uncontrolled lacks yeah. the potency required for a motivation. Mm. Right, that is the craziest thing to to be able to acknowledge because most of us spend our whole lives making decisions based out of some kind of fear. Of course. How did you get rid of that? Of Who course. helped you do that? Like, where does that? How does that go away? At um, that's probably foundation of that is my family. You mm. know, I think I've been blessed because I've had such a great support system behind me. You know, my mom. My brothers and sisters were very, very supportive of my dreams and like, mm. you know, go for it. We're gonna, we're gonna back you. We're gonna be in your corner. And I think, I think that helps because I think as an artist, like self doubt and, you know, having periods where you don't necessarily believe in yourself is almost inevitable sometimes. So when you have like the support system around you that in those times can kind of help bring you back to that point of, Believing in self yeah. is is really helpful. How important has the the kind of the Nigerian heritage, the part of your family, you know, that where you come from originally yeah. and what your family, what it means to you. And but being in the UK, which is an incredibly multicultural environment and, yeah. and, and very community based as well, lived there for mm-hmm. a long time. How important is that to you when you think about it as a through line in your life leading to your art? 
it's super important. I mean, in my household, it was very Nigerian, yeah. you know, from my mom speaking Yoruba to me, from our foods, you know, what she would cook to the music she played to mm. what she was watching, you know, Nollywood movies. And then, and then as soon as I open my front door, it's like London. London. You know, <laughs> London. And that's an yeah, interesting situation cool. for you to be in because. Mm-hmm. You have this amazing community in your home, which yeah. which is there telling you, this is your family, this is where you come from. Yes. But then London has other ideas, right? It London does. is like, just like hit the street and it just happens mm-hmm. and you make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really ragged yeah. out there on the streets in London. You just, you just go. For sure. And so what was, it, what was it like kind of forming an identity from that place of ultimate support you just beautifully described and then getting out there and, and figuring out who you are on the streets of London? For sure. Yeah. Well, I kind of grew up in North London mm. And growing up, I kind of had, obviously, I had my school friends and then I had, like, people that I grew up with in my area and, like, I came up with a team called Space Age. So there was, like, a group of us and we all done music and we all would go to my friend LaShawn's house and, mm. like, record and make music there and sometimes at mine as well when my mum would allow it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've always uh, surrounded myself with like-minded individuals without me even knowing, I guess, I probably just attracted that. You know, I was very drawn to creative people. I went to a, a youth center called St. Mary's. Mm, mm. Really influential too. I mean, for the people who went there, a lot came out yeah, and, and yeah. seemed to be built to manage the situation. Exactly. It's where I met um, Inflow, who I work with to, to today, you know, so we've always kind of been around environments where creativity is like the one thing that was like ours you know our art was ours that's an important statement sims because you know you have built and maintained a strong independent vision and a lot gets made of independent artists and i've been absolutely i've done this myself where we seem so fascinated with people who don't get drawn into the thrash of infrastructure mm-hmm. that we almost put too much pressure like oh you're an independent artist and it's like the way you're describing it is like well that's how we learned to function of course yeah. rather than make a statement it was by design out of the need for community and collaboration right mm, exactly exactly that and kind of just like yeah, like I said, our art is is really all we have. This is a way in which we're able to really express ourselves and kind of make the most out of what we have. You know, I'm someone that is very big on like, all right, cool, we ain't got budget to do this. We're going to figure it out. You know, if we're shooting a video, I've got some clothes. I can borrow my sister's stuff. I can... You know, I know your brother's got mad hats. Let's get him in the video. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. trying to work with the resources we have amongst each other to to make something happen. And so learning that independence was something that I'd kind of built from, from early without even really recognizing it at the time. I don't think we put enough emphasis on the fact that, yeah, you're working with what you have and you didn't yeah. ask for these resources or not those resources, but ultimately it's more fun that way if you think back on it. Yeah, for sure. We're always looking for answers, right? We're always looking for someone to help us figure out our vision. If we lean into a place where business tells you, I got you, then you're almost already denying yourself some of the most fun sh- Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the thing. That's that's the key word, I think. Fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We Make don't say it, it enough. We don't say it enough, man. Sometimes it's just enjoy yourself and just yeah. have fun with it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it hasn't always got to be so serious and so like, and 
Oh, this course. from the person who made this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am sorry, but sometimes you just gotta call somebody out, man. Oh, let's just have Thank fun you. while I'm ripping you to shreds. Stop fucking you in my heart! Oh, my days. Man, yeah. you a man! Oh, <laughs> that song, the first time I heard that song, I nearly cried tears of joy what? because it was just like. It, it was you and flow. Mm -hmm. Just I don't know. You tell me because I just want to zero in on that second. On that, just be super granular there. Yeah. I felt like that was when you realized you could do anything you want. Like yes. that song just feels like oh, it's such an overt confidence yeah. to what you're doing on that. I'm like that's it. The game is up. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it felt like when we was making it in the studio. It's actually a tail end off of a really slow, really emotional song and then it drops into boss and it was only meant to be for like 30 seconds right. and we just kept replaying the 30 seconds oh it was supposed to be just a little thing yeah 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 it was just meant to be off the tail end of another song and it mm. was like you know what let's just make this let's into go. yeah yeah because yeah, sure. it spoke to you mm -hmm. it said to you mm, this i'm waiting for you to say something exactly here. exactly you know? and as boisterous as it is and even me as a person like in real life you know i'm very to myself you know i'm just just me, I, I'm quiet, I'm not, you know, but as soon as I get on stage or as soon as I'm doing something I'm super passionate about, kind of turn into this person. And I was going to so, say, is that what Sims is to you? Is Sims a chance for you to explore something that you need to, yeah. to express yourself through, that ultimate, but without sacrificing your actual nature as, exactly. a, as a quiet person? Exactly, for sure. And I think it's nice to just be able to have a space where I could step into and tap into being like myself at the highest level, you know what I mean? And also show people that it's okay for you to do that as well. You know, try and inspire those to to tap into their higher self. You've got to be able to protect your, your true nature in that space though. And the more successful yeah. Little Sims becomes, the more people want to know about the boss. Of course. And you're it's like, hard. I don't know if I want to be the boss right now. Yeah. I kind of want to be able to like collect my thoughts, right? How is that balanced? Because it's not like Little Sims isn't, a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, Zane, like, it's tough, you know what I'm saying? And I think, like, that's something that I've kind of, not struggled with, but I've found challenging over the years is to wear a, a few different hats, you know, and still be myself and yeah. still be Simbi, you know, but then yeah. also be the boss and then be the performer and then and be the, the actor and, and the actor yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, the all-round creative. And, um, the, and the person with a loud, very resonant cultural voice. Yeah. Somebody that people look to and say, hey, yeah. you know, we out here in the UK, mm -hmm. we really appreciate voices like yours yeah. being loud. But to your point, you don't strike me as a loud person Individual. by nature. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I'm not, to be honest. And those those labels kind of get put onto you. And then you kind of, it's just for me to like step in that, walk in that light and be like, okay, cool. Maybe that is a purpose of mine, you know, mm -hmm. to be a voice of some sort. But also I'm human, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to make very human mistakes. Yeah, That's okay. You know, I never want to repeat the same mistakes, but I'm open to make new ones because I'm I'm human. You've made mistakes? You know? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know too what? many steps you've put wrong <laughs> in this whole thing. No, nah, man. I've, I've had my fair share of, uh, you could have done without that. You know, you, you didn't need to do that or you could have 
handled that a bit differently or whatever it was. What was know? something that you did you feel comfortable talking about or even slightly un- uncomfortable enough yeah. to talk about right now with me where you were like, you know what, I'm not going to forget that. That was a yeah. moment where things changed <clears throat> for me and I understand that that is not the path I want to be on. Maybe in my earlier, yeah, when I, when I d- just kind of started out, which is allowing people to maybe dictate my vision a bit. <laughs> Or what I should dress like or what I should, you know, present myself as mm. and kind of ran with that. And I always felt, oh, this this feels uncomfortable, but what do I what know? What do I know, <laughs> you know at this point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How much stake in the game do I have to push back? Right, exactly, exactly. A feeling like, oh, you know, just being so trusting. Like, I love that about myself. You know, I give people grace and it's like, yeah, I'll you know, I trust in what people say until I'm proven otherwise, you know. But I think, like, just in the beginning, I just wish I kind of had a bit more of that thing in me that was like, no, trust yourself. You you know best. You know yourself. You've lived with yourself for 20-odd years. You know what I mean? Well, so. the difference there is that, like, trusting somebody is different to trusting a process. And the right, thing is right, that, right. That, that the people who are asking you to do something that yeah. feels uncomfortable, mm-hmm. they're beholden to a process that's been established for them. Exactly. And now they're including you in that process. It's not really, you're not really trusting or not trusting any individual at that right, point. Right, you're right, all right, right. basically serving the same the process. Same process, facts. Exactly. You know, and exactly. the only way out of that, right, is to build your own process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to break, and, and eventually even those people like come around, you know, yeah. and see, actually, that's, yeah. I'm not mad at that way of doing things. That's how things get better. Exactly. I feel like Grey Area was in a really important moment in that. Your previous albums, obviously, so much promise. You had great experiences off the back of those. They established yeah. your voice. No disrespect to those projects. But I feel like Grey Area to me when I heard it for the first time was you mm. saying, I got a process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was for sure. And being like, just unapologetically me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I didn't feel that there was anything at the time that was coming out that was sounding like boss that was sounding like offense even selfish you know what i mean from from a uk artist even 101 yeah. fm which 101 jumped out FM, so yeah. hard at yeah. the time was like big tune yeah <laughs> for sure yeah for man. sure you established such a unique sound it was exactly what flow and you do so brilliantly and he's been able to elaborate on with sultan and some of his other mm-hmm. you know work with other people i mean he understands the timeless instant vintage appeal of certain drums and certain feels yes. never at the sacrifice of modernity yeah that's a fine line facts big big facts I mean to watch him grow as yeah. his friend mm-hmm. in your process yeah I've been dying to ask you this how uh-huh. has because he's quiet how has that <laughs> <laughs> on the on the record yeah. not so quiet off the record <laughs> but how has that been man that's my brother man you know what I'm saying like he's been such an instrumental part of my life journey as Simbi the person you know mm. what I'm saying not even Sims the artist like you know I'll call him and I'll ask him advice and so many different things and he's always just been there for me even when we wasn't like because there was a period we started working together when I was super young mm. and he would always I would just always nag him for beats like send me beats send me beats this is like 2007 2008 um, and he would yeah. and I'd do my thing or whatnot, and then I kind of went off and done my own thing but he was always in my corner you know what I'm saying and I remember coming off tour with gorillas and I was just going for a madness in life anyway and I was just like Dean like flow 
I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready. Mm. Now. It's now. It's got to be now. And he was like, yes, yeah, say no more. How did you know? You were feeling it? It was a, it went from summer to yeah. eruption. You felt it. Yeah, it did. And I just felt like there was a space that I needed to tap back into that I hadn't been in for a while. And I, and I, I was in that space when I was working with him in my earlier days. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I thought, I need to get back to that. That hunger, that... That space that of like... That space, man. The, the mic is not fit to be used after right, I've touched it. Right, And And being over instrumentation that will evoke something in me that I haven't said before, I haven't feel, felt inspired to write about. And I knew like, it's going to be over Flo's beats. You know what I'm saying? Because he knows how to do that and well and kind of tailor instrumentation around the artist. You know, it's not just me on a beat. You know, nice. he, he's great. At, that's a producer, you know, and they're able to craft the music around the artist and make it fit in for them. You know how I always know when an artist like yourself who's who's working in a similar energy field is in their bag is when, you know, you have the confidence to drop a hot eight out <laughs> and it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everything cuts out. It's just like, just let me have the floor. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, and I think yeah, you yeah. and Flo having the confidence to let that happen and not try yeah. to dress it all up. I think mm. about Simbi, the album, and I think mm. about that couldn't exist without Grey Area. Those two things, I feel like you needed. Right. Grey Area had to be just kind of like, and apologies if anyone's offended by swearing, but I'm from New Zealand. We use it only for positive purposes. <laughs> this album, Grey Area, is just absolutely, it's like you've been just drinking nothing but you juice yeah <laughs> <laughs> right there was it's a thing a of like there, there was a thing of just like you know i'm gonna, i'm just gonna take it mm. i'll get into the introverted side of me later yeah but right now i just gotta take it yeah is that what you were referring to when you said there's a space i've got to get to i've yes. got that fire in me exactly that exactly that it's gonna be 35 minutes it's gonna be 10 songs very direct very to the point i'm gonna say everything that's been brewing and then kind of see what happens and honestly I had no expectation of that album I didn't think it was going to be the breakthrough record and I just wanted to create and just like I said get back into that space and it's funny because that is the first album that I didn't have expectations with and it done the most yeah my first album my second album yeah 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 it's gonna go number yeah, one you were in that process and right. with process comes the expectation of results exactly and people will tell you you're going to achieve them yes because they want you to yes yeah for sure yeah. for sure yeah, and gray area was the first record where i was like regardless of what this does or doesn't do yeah. like i'm tapping into something and i'm going for it and I remember, I don't know if I ever got back to you, but someone who was working with you at the time bought, came, bought that album in before it came out and said, I want to play New Little Sims. Of course, they came to my office across <laughs> the parking lot and they played that album. And I was like, I'll uh, never forget it. Wow. I'll never forget it. I mean, I was pulling everybody I knew into the office that day. I was wow. like, you have to hear this. Because you had let the unnecessary go. Mm. So it was just all essential. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh my days. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it didn't surprise anybody that it went on to do what it was going to do. But at that point, you know, you, you get to decide how much of yourself you really want to share. Yeah. Because you've put the superhero costume on, you've yeah. shown the identity. Mm. And I was like, okay, what is Introvert going to be? Mm. What was that album like to make? An altogether different, more ambitious, very, it built on Grey Area, but yeah. it, was, it was like, if you're a Tribe fan, Grey Area's Low End Theory, that was Midnight Marauders. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's a great way to fit it for sure. Sometimes I might be introvert, I think, was like, 
I didn't know when we started that it was going to sound like that because I was so in it and I was so honed in on, I guess, my writing and kind of, um, I guess, the first time that I kind of let that be the center and the focus of my attention. I think other times I've been very much like, oh, let's try to produce the album as well. You know, and, yeah. and well, you're a college industry, Sims. You got to think about all the right. creative across the board, right? Exactly. But sometimes I might be introvert. I was so into like, no, I need to focus on the one thing I know I can do with my eyes closed and in my sleep, and that's right. You know, and so I'm gonna hone in on that and really trust the process. And it was a beautiful experience, you know, from just recording. I mean, there was a lot going on in the world at the time with like the pandemic stuff and mm. that. So that obviously inspired a lot of music. Yeah, but it doesn't music. sound like a pandemic album at all to me. In yeah. fact, it was a relief <laughs> that it didn't. So much yeah, music yeah, felt yeah. like it was in direct reaction to what we were all going through. Yeah. In fact, that album could have come out in like 2024. Yeah, no, for sure. And that was, um, I guess, us, the same thing, just happened into a space. And even our recording process, you know, we we'd done some strings in a church writing in my car I was writing in my bedroom I was writing in the studio like I was in so many different spaces just trying to get out what I wanted to say yeah and yeah it was it was a really it was a really beautiful process it was really tough as well I think I was was as tough on myself right so you were setting real high standards yeah for sure Mm. especially coming off the back of gray area I knew uh, people are gonna be listening now you know, every lyric every line and it's kind of so much it's like you come out with gray area and I know you put your heart and soul into that. Yeah. But that's just, that's bars and concepts and yeah. the beats are ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> you know, you come out whether you open with a song like this and you're like, I, I, you already know what's about to happen. Like you say, this is just, <laughs> I'm going to rip the fuck out of this room. Mm, mm-hmm. But to your point, like when you come back with the follow-up today, you can't do that twice. No. You get one shot at you that. You get one shot, exactly. Perfect, done, ribbon on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was thinking that. Mm-hmm. Who are you now? Mm. And how much are you going to let us in? And that's why sometimes I might be introvert, such an amazing body of works, because you Thank found you. the balance between that energy, but also you did let us in. Yeah. For Was that sure. hard to be as vulnerable and up and transparent at times? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, especially for the first song, Introvert, I found really difficult mm. to write because because of what the instrumentation is doing. And what I'm talking about, it's like such a contrast. You know, I'm talking about being an an introvert, essentially. But yeah, there's like marching drums and horns and so it's like, okay, I've got to, I've got to find a way to make my introversion cut through this. You know, great contrast though. What an exercise. Yeah, to kick this off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then straight into woman grooves I know you know what I mean I know so. and such an important message as well that that song at that time we spoke about that because that was a you were kind enough to share that with us and let us share it with the world and we had a virtual conversation during the pandemic about that song we talked a little bit about it and yeah I remember talk- when you played that I was in Mexico I was listening live like hey Zane's spinning this it's incredible and it nice. also it, it was a nice nod to um, you brought it back into its rightful place after it had been that kind of concept had been used to great creative effect yeah. at another time in hip hop music and I I love that you brought it and was like, okay, it's time for us to own this now. I like, really, yeah. if it's about us, mm-hmm. let me talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right? Exactly. And I thought that was super cool. But I, I also love the fact that you really pay respects to the people in rap. Like you're mm. a rap fan. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people who rap don't 
it, it, it's not a natural conversation for me to always have with rap stars about really? rappers. Yes and no. Like sometimes they go, yeah, I'm into this and they give you the laundry list, but they don't often talk about them in the context of, of their music the way you do. Right. Now, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't, you know, for the, for the greats that come before me. Who sparked your imagination? Who was number one? What's day one? Like I can tell you right now, day one for me was Run DMC. Mm. Like everything built from Run DMC <clears> for me. <throat> Who was your day one? Missy. Mm. Missy Elliott. Just based off the pure fact that she was a black woman in hip hop and she just stood out by being herself. Yeah. You know, that is something that I'll always remember. Just be like, oh, like she's so herself. Like that's sick. You know, that's that's what I want to do, you know, not to mention like Timbo was going crazy on the beats. Crazy. Beads. You know, the videos were crazy. I mean, almost, I think in a way, we're only figuring out now just how innovative a writer she is because yeah. the videos and the beats and the performances and her whole aura mm -hmm. was so on Mars. Mm, out of here. But you listen to her songs now and the, yeah, and the pen word. Yeah, amazing. And the flows. Yes. And, and what she's done just even behind the scenes, you know, when she's been producing or been writing songs for other people, like, she is so, like, really about it. And I just remember being really, really inspired by her. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Missy. Yeah. And then my brother was a huge Nas fan. And I just, I just remember, like, riding with him in the car and just taking him in and being like, I don't understand the level of what he's saying, but he's so smart. <laughs> He's a real lyricist and um Yeah, I don't know too many artists in my lifetime that paint pictures as well as he does. Yeah, very, very vivid. You know, he's able sure. to take you into one singular environment mm -hmm. and describe it to such a degree mm -hmm. that you get anxious. Yeah. Or you get excited. Yeah. Or you feel the feelings that he's feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's it's not descriptive, it's it's immersive almost. Yeah, exactly that. That's a great way to describe it's immersive. It's like, yeah, you, your body kind of has a physical reaction on, on the auditory experience. You feel it. Yeah. I want to talk about feeling. I'm obsessed with feeling right now because I think we listen to a lot of things and I think that we don't allow ourselves the space to feel as much as we should. Facts. And I think that feeling is when it becomes a reality unrealized yet. It becomes something that is, you're, you're on a different path when you feel it than you are when you hear it. Yes, yes. You shift a couple of degrees left or right on your axis and you're going somewhere deeper and somewhere else. Mm -hmm. What is your experience when it comes to feeling mm. things? Are you, are you a very emotionally uh, dialed in human being? Do you feel yes. a lot? You do. I do, for sure. I'm very, very feelings-led, you know, and that's been... And these when we was talking about earlier about some of the mistakes and stuff, and that's great for creativity and music, but sometimes not so great for business, you know. And that's where I've had to kind of, oh, like, can't be so emotionally led when it comes to business because it is the music business, yeah, yeah. you know. And I've I got to remove that in in some areas. But when it comes to to creating and and what sticks out of me and what evokes a particular emotion, like that's beautiful, and I love that about myself, and I love that. I'm able to tap into that side of myself when writing, for sure. You have done. I mean, you know, a song like Wounds, yeah. the beginning of No Thank You, 
and dedication to Asia. your friend. You know, Harry, yep. yeah, Harry. And I mean, I didn't really know enough about the story mm-hmm. until I started hearing your music, and so yeah. I started investigating it. What a terribly tragic turn of events. Yeah, this chain of events that was just set in motion is so yep. sad mm-hmm. and real loss. Um, when it comes to translating that into music and finding a way to pay tribute and also work through your own feelings through art, mm. how is that for you? I think it just allows me to like speak on it, to be honest, because I'm someone that if I'm going through something uh, and sometimes this is healthy and sometimes it's not, but I'm very insular person, you know, and I'll deal with things by myself and kind of just like, okay, this is what I'm going through. I'll go into my little cave and, you know, that's it. But I think speaking about it allows me to process it a lot more and remind myself that I'm human. And sometimes I even say things out like, bro, I didn't even know I felt like that until yeah. I said it out loud. You're in some subconscious you know? space. Exactly, exactly. So I think it just allows me to process how I'm feeling about something and just not be afraid to to speak on it. And that doesn't make me weak or it doesn't make me, yeah, not strong or whatever it is. I think I've actually found a lot of strength in my vulnerability. And, um, mm. and I think even listening to... As we were saying, artists, whether that is a Nas or whether that is a Biggie or Pac, like they're Lauren Hill, yeah, Lauren Hill they're the very Bible emotional writers, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. um, but I've always saw them as like superheroes, you know. And they and they've, I guess, the same with them. They found their strength and their vulnerabilities. So just knowing that I also can do the same. I was talking to Ed Sheeran about this the other day because he's made this album, which is a very direct emotional reflection on the challenges and the tragedies he's faced in recent times. And he decided mm-hmm. to open up about it and open up after the record was being finished to talk about it, which was, you know, an honor to be a part of that. And um, he was saying something really interesting, which was he sort of felt like um, the idea of being open and vulnerable. And he was talking from his perspective, but also he did mention in the UK that it's just a different kind of environment, a different space. It's been a slower road, perhaps, at least from his experience, feeling confident that he can just open up to people out there. And and whether or not you've sort of felt that as well, that you had to kind of find your own way forward through that, whether your environment sort of encouraged you to do that or you mm. had to have the courage to figure out your own voice to be up upfront and honest. There is something that I've definitely ha- had to find, I think, in in UK or to be honest just in black music and black culture it's not thing to like yeah. talk about how you feel yeah. and emotions and this and going therapy like what like that's not a thing do you know or what or, or at least back then anyway when I was coming up yeah so it was challenging um also ch- and then factor in youth as well no yeah, one at a certain age is like yeah speak on exactly <laughs> exactly but I think as I I don't know, man. Something in me was just like, continue to do that. And I guess as more people start listening to me and also feedback is really important. You know, when you hear like someone tell you that, oh, you said that and that actually really resonated. It's like, oh, cool. So people do feel like this and it makes you feel a lot less alone. You know, it makes you feel like people, Mm. this is real stuff that people be going through and I'm going to talk on this more. You know what I'm saying? And, And people tell you, do you know what? I thank you for saying that because I feel this, but just I'm not a writer. I don't know how to express myself in this kind of way. That's you know? the art of listening. Like, yeah. So I went and met some students at a college the other day, and one of them asked me a question, which I'm going to credit her name's Laurel because great questions deserve authors. <laughs> and uh, she asked a question which just blew my mind. And I'm going to ask it to you because you're talking about good listening, mm. right? What makes a good listener for you? Mm. 
or how do you know that you're listening good? You know what I mean? Like what sets it apart from the noise that goes around? How do you get into a space where it's, it's connecting? What are you looking for? What are you hoping people are looking for? Damn. Laurel? Laurel. Laurel. (laughs) Laurel crushed with that once she gets the ball. I know. Um, Man. Well, for me, I like to think I'm a very active listener, which means that I'm a very inquisitive person. Curiosity. Yeah, for sure. And keep, keep digging for something. But also, I think critical listening as well because everyone has an opinion and it doesn't always have to resonate as well is what I've learned like even sometimes when I read books as as amazing as they are I always read with a critical eye like okay that's a view you know it doesn't have to be my view it doesn't have to be everyone else's view that's just a view and um, I will know if that resonates with me or if it doesn't. And that's, if it doesn't, it's totally fine. It's, it's just a view, you know? I think when you talk about critical listening, that's really interesting to me. It's something that I actually have struggled with throughout my life because mm. I think I was built from my experience as a kid and the trauma and stuff I went through was to make people feel good. Mm. So I always wanted to find a way to concur. Mm. Right? Because I felt that that was like a way to make connection. Right. And I've only really learned to be that critical listening isn't necessarily insulting. It's actually really valuable, right? Yeah, exactly. The idea, again, back to your point of critical listening, of being able to healthily disagree mm. with a point of view mm. or even just let somebody sit in their situation mm-hmm. is, I'm learning how to do that and it's been yeah, really yeah, good yeah. for me. Nice. You know? Are you able to do that? Can you let people sit in their problems? Can you let people learn things themselves? Yeah, now, now I can. I don't always have to be a fixer. That's you know? it. That's why you asked because yeah. you're like, oh, I think I recognize, <laughs> I recognize where you're going it. with yeah, this. For sure. Yeah, I was a fixer. And my, and my person was just like, dude, I, I don't think you're doing it for the reasons you think you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a pattern of mine. And I think um also going back to I guess childhood and this thing of like okay like I grew up in a single parent like household and you know I kind of saw my mom work so many different jobs and so I didn't know how to ask for things because I saw that she was you know working and busy and doing her thing and so as much as you know I grew up in a very loving household I never wanted to put more of my thing on her so I retrieve and figure things out myself the way that you feel that you can be loved is by being not being another addition to the already very busy life exactly exactly for sure and I think as I've gotten older that's kind of um that's a trait that's kind of followed me or that I've continued to have same crazy isn't it Mm -hmm. it's crazy the things we learn at a young age and then they just become part of our muscle memory Mm -hmm. and become part of the way we motivate and then we have to sort of figure it out and 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 then you meet a therapist and get your mind blown. They put it's you like, to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> get put to sleep. I've never quick. been put to sleep. That was a whole other thing. I was like, how long have I been out for? He was like, 10 minutes. I was like, is that normal? He was like, it happens. <laughs> he didn't say it was normal. He pulled up on normal, but he was like, it happens. It happens, yeah. Are you any closer to figuring out why music showed up for you when it did? And mm. what role it played for you at a time when you didn't realize it was going to become this like why did music show up for Simbi 
<laughs> at a moment in your life? I I don't know, to be very honest. I, I, I don't know. I think I was passionate about performing arts as a whole, whether that was dance, music, acting, like just performing arts. I was just love performing. But taking a huge liking or being super passionate about music, I just honestly think it's a calling, man. Some things like I can't explain. Yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. a God-given thing, which I'm grateful for. And I, I also don't, I don't believe we should take credit for everything we have. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> okay, you get one. <laughs> That's such an, a powerful observation, mm. simple as it is. Because, man, we really like to try. Mm. <laughs> Honestly. As a species. I did this and I done. Yeah. Ownership and control. They're yeah. just weaknesses, eh? Yeah. Like, we're just obsessed with them mm -hmm. as people. Obsessed. Yeah, man. You know, I think that's why faith plays such a huge role in so many people's lives is that it, it, it forces you to relinquish control. It encourages you. And then if you make a devout commitment, then ultimately you're beholden to releasing control mm. of something. Mm -hmm. I never found a home in religion, but I mm. found faith of mm. some description. Yes. Right? Yes. What's, your, what's been your relationship with the unknown? Yes. Well, I grew up in a very Muslim Islamic household. My mm. parents were Muslim. And as I got older, I kind of transitioned out of Islam to to not knowing what I believe in, to be very honest. And like in my teen years, it's like, I don't know, but something, I guess. Can I ask what the motivation for transitioning out was? What was going through your mind as a young person that made you decide that, you know what, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I don't want it to be specifically this right now? I just didn't believe like, I just felt like a bit of a fraud, to be honest. Like, yeah. I'd see my mom pray five times a day. Like, I weren't doing that. I yeah. weren't yeah. Um, covering my hair in a hijab. I wasn't fasting during Ramadan. I wasn't going to the mosque. I wasn't. But then because I grew up in this household. You're part-time in it. Yeah. Do you know? And I just didn't think that didn't resonate and that didn't sit well with me, you know? And so I kind of went through a period where I didn't really know what I believed in and then to now being like, oh, I've got my own relationship with God and I speak to God all the time. Mm. And um, I banter with God, you know, I have my own, when I used to pray and stuff, I used to be very, you know, sometimes I'd slip up and say swear words, be like, oh, I'm so sorry. But it actually, it's like my relationship with God is what it is, you yeah. know, and it's very personal to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and same, I haven't found a home in religion, but I do have a very strong sense of faith. Same. And yeah. I, it's funny, you know, I I say that a lot. It's funny, you know, but it actually is funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, I've, I've found myself talking and having my own relationship with God. Mm. And I think over time, I feel like I'm heard even if I'm not in, in mass. Mm. Like it's okay for me not to be a part of uh, an infrastructure per se, right? And and be surrounded by many people. Mm -hmm. I, st I I feel like I've got a one on one, and it's kind of cool. And I, and I've made peace with it, and it's fine. And I actually do feel heard. And I think mm, that's that's the, that's the most important thing, right? As you feel like it's resonating. Yeah, exactly. And also, like um, like I said, I've clearly been blessed with something. You know, yeah, and um, I don't. That's not all my doing. So, yeah, uh, yeah. 
let's not try and take credit for everything. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Little Sims, I'm having such a good time. I don't even know how long we've been talking for. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to diving in. You don't do this very often either, I don't no. think. No. You know, she's not a talker. I'm not, actually, <laughs> at all. So what brought you here? I mean, why why did you decide to, have, to, to come in today? I mean, I'm super grateful for the opportunity and I've been looking forward to it for the longest time, but I don't take it for granted. <laughs> I just think like, Every time I have spoken to you, like even though you're saying it's been virtual, mm. it's just been nice chats and nice discussions. And I think you ask the right questions, and Thanks. especially for an artist, like so, you know, we we're kind of made to feel that we got to do these interviews all the time to explain our art and explain right. things, and just a lot of over-explaining. You know? Yeah, a lot of over-explaining. <laughs> you know, a friend of mine said to me when I was starting out, he was like, you know, your job is sort of pointless. It was really? one of the best bits of advice I ever got. He was like, pretty much all artists you ever speak to, the last thing they want to do is talk to you. It's not personal. Don't take it personal. Yeah, yeah. Understand that. Yeah. They don't make music to talk about. They make music because they often can't talk about it. Right, right, and right. And it is dancing right. about architecture. Right, you know? right. But I think there's an art to what you do, though, and that's oh, why sure. people, uh, artists, love loves talking to you, you know. So I'm, I'm grateful to have a space to be able to talk about it in a way that feels true to me with someone that I believe genuinely cares about it I really and do and is a fan of music as a whole and I really you know? am yeah man yeah I remember when Flo he told me that you'd been out I think you were in Paris making no thank yeah. you and been chopping it up yeah, and he's yeah. just so funny the way he does he's like man we went out and had a life changing experience in Paris <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you right now and I put it on and I was just like and this is when the first thing I heard was this <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, Sims. I was in my car. I cried laughing. No. Before the verse even hit, I just cracked up <laughs> laughing because I was like, of course you went to Paris and made this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is the conversation that you and Dean are having, that Flo mm. are having, when it's it's like, you know what, we should put on these Baroque horns that mm. sound like I'm descending into the church yeah. in order to speak to the masses, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, like what, is, what is that conversation? And then, uh, by the way, then I'm going to rip the shit out of the microphone for five minutes straight. <laughs> what is the conversation? I think we're both very visual people, you yeah. know. And so we reference a lot of art and film, you know. And we talk a lot about film. And in the studio, we put films on. And you we, do. Yeah. So we, we almost subconsciously make, like, score-type, movie-type, anthemic, cinematic, songs just it's, because we're genuine fans of that that's you know? cool because you get to almost attach the emotion that's going through you yeah to a visual yes that allows it to better vividly explain it yes it's like motivation material mm -hmm. I love that yeah man what were you playing what it's movies were on what what, what well, I think one of our goes who's probably breakfast at Tiffany's <laughs> that's so sad <laughs> yeah why? Yeah, um, just as aesthetically and just like the colors are so beautiful. Um, oh my god, you two are like you're like such weirdo Renaissance yeah. people, right? <laughs> you really are. Like you're just coming out from such a different place. Uh huh. Yeah. No, but it's cool, and it, I think it just allows us to like. It almost sometimes doesn't feel like we're making music as little Sims and as Inflow. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're just creating. You know, this could be for anything, really. Yeah. You know, just, uh, yeah. It's so fun. No, it's a fun way to make it. So, no, thank you. It's time. Yeah. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about, I mean, I just want to get to a very, very basic, straightforward starting point on this on this album. 
it felt like it came quick. I know it mm-hmm. didn't, but it felt like it did because I felt like introvert just kept building momentum, building momentum. And then yeah. we all came out of quarantine and it was positioned for us to really love outside. Yes. So it felt like it never went away. It never felt like the cycle had exhausted itself. So when No Thank You came around, probably not to you, but to me, it was like, Already? Already? Outstanding. <laughs> so what yeah. made you want to get back in? But even that though, I think we got to get out of this like being so attached to stuff. Like, so I remember putting songs out on MySpace every week. Yeah, yeah. SoundCloud every week. Yeah. Like, execute, go, execute, yeah, execute. like go. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I don't know when this thing of like, you got to wait three, four years to put out an what I do is when something connects and then everyone's like, please just stay with this for long enough to let I, as many people absorb it as possible. I hear it. But where does that leave the artist? Do you know? <laughs> where does that leave me? Like I understand. I knew today this, um... was going to be wicked. <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best question. It's not even a question. That's actually a statement question. Mm. Mm. It doesn't actually deserve a response. Right. It's, it, you're making a statement with a question mark on it. Yeah, because it's true. From, from the release date, something comes out on this date, but I wrote this two years prior. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm in a whole different space from when Introvert actually came out. Don't you know? talk to me like I'm that Drake from five years ago. I'm no, in a different place. You, no. know? <laughs> you know, no, I get it. I mean, it's, it's. I think that's the part of the trade we get confused about as fans and I'm including, absolutely like front and center in this conversation is that I become attached to what it means to me and I'm not quite sure how to let you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear it, you know, I'm also a fan and I get that as well. But sometimes like, and, and and there's a thing called, like, not a thing called, like, you haven't heard of this before, but momentum mm, as well, mm. do you know? It's like, you have something building and it's like, no, nah, now's the time to say something. Like, and I'm, it's never going to feel like this again, do you know? So, yeah. And also, there, there was stuff going on at the time. Like, I remember I just had to cancel my US tour and that was a really rough period. I was like you know, switching teams around and stuff. Is that why you had to cancel it? Yeah. Infrastructure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, just things not being handled the way they should have been. I take accountability for sure, you Great. know, because I, I know my 50%. Um, but I have to, I had to protect myself in that space and my mental well-being. And you have to take accountability to make a change that dramatic yeah, anyway. For sure. A hundred percent. By its very nature. Blame mm-hmm. doesn't actually work. It doesn't. It doesn't mean full mate. And I think I'm really like thankful that I have supporting, you know, fans mm. as I do that I actually were like, yo, like, it's all good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Go Just hit us with protect- another project. We'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's always like, all right, cool. I can't. Yeah come out and see you but I have got new music for you and guess what I'm gonna come and tour both albums you know yeah it's gonna be crazy I mean I even know you tour Grey Area obviously extensively and you've done festivals and whatnot and brought this music to life but I feel like you're this feels like a triumvirate tour to me right like it feels like I'm feeling like like I said there's three books on the row here and they Mm -hmm. all speak to each other perfectly Mm -hmm. and I just think your arc actually all things work out timing wise when they're supposed to for sure it feels good why'd you go to Paris just cause no, well, I was on tour, yeah, um, and I had the most time off in Paris, right? So it made sense to kind of uh try and finish the album. Which, by the way, even when we shot the visual, which was shot by a uh, director by Gabriel Moses, an yeah. amazing filmmaker, by yeah. the way, 
he I brought him to the studio like Flo and I were working verses were overheard mixes were off everything was like a bit of a mess and he understood what we was working with and even on the day of the shoot we were shooting songs that were not finished I was like on set and flows in the studio recording strings and I was bouncing between both and then going to do a show it was madness but um yeah man everyone believed and I think when and that's another thing as well sometimes like you don't need to pitch that this is going to be the most amazing. Some people just believe and just get it, you know. I think and you then, established that yourself, though. I think there is not to gas you to, well, sure, I'm, that's my job. I'm gas you up. <laughs> I, I think you established this this ability to be able to, there's a trust in the process, even if the process yeah. is unrealized. Yeah. And also as a, as a filmmaker, that's got to be fun, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's too many, I think too we, oh, we, I don't know. Gabriel might have. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but I do think if you're a filmmaker, right, often you get given a finished result. Yeah. And it's like, uh, translate that mm. into something. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's nice to be able to kind of have an unfinished body yeah. of work to figure out where, mm-hmm. the, where the gaps are where and the missing, where yeah, the missing facts, pieces are. Facts, for sure. Yeah. That's what made it fun for me, anyway. I think just knowing that, okay, we got this date. Yeah. This has to be in by this time. Otherwise, we're not going to get this album out when we want it to. Yeah. I've already announced it. So I'm like, yeah. you know what I'm You're saying? You're committed. Yeah, I'm committed. I'm all in. Flo's on board, you know what I'm saying? The team's on board. Gabriel's doing his thing. So it really was like a team team effort did you laugh when you came up with the album title because of the multiple meanings it can be taken from yeah it's brilliant it's hilarious yeah man I cracked up laughing <laughs> I showed it to three people to see what they thought and it was exactly as I expected one was really? like no thank you another one was like no thank you yeah. and, I was like, this is and then there was a big debate like well someone should put a comma that would have a comma after right, it was no right, th-. Right, I was like I right. don't think it's that cut and dry yeah, yeah nah to be honest it, it stemmed from I guess somewhat a deep meaning just well it's not even that deep to be honest it was just the realization of like the power of the word no No. yeah oh it's huge with politely though you know the era of no is when the art enters a very fruitful phase yes because no allows space for the right yes 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 that's what I think. I, yes. I I I just I think like man, and I've been like I used to get so upset when artists would say no, and now I'm like, good for you. Mm. Come back, come come back to me when you're ready to say yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. And same, you know, that was always like a um, it just meant rejection. It meant this. It meant it had so many negative like things attached to it. And actually, it's like no, there's so much power yeah. in the word no in a positive way. And just standing for something and being like, no, nah, like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm actually all right. It's not compromising anything here. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. You're a gorilla, you know? I'm, ch- I'm, I'm out here, man. It's a jungle out here, Zane, I'm telling you. <laughs> but you're a gorilla. Well, you know, you're, <laughs> I mean, literally beyond the song and beyond everything else, you know, you did have your, your time yeah. in that camp. Mm. It's rare air, you know, and seeing the whole thing occur and happen reminded me that it's it's kind of been one of pop music and modern music's great experiments. Mm. This timeless experiment. What did you take from that? Because when you really stepped into that environment with yeah. Dee and Jamie, yeah. you weren't Simbi as you are now, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I wasn't at all. And I think I remember first getting in into the studio with Dee for the first time and my anxiety just being yeah. through the roof, like, oh, shit. Like, this is mad. Yeah. And trying to, I guess, 
I, I felt myself trying to mold myself into what their thing was. And I remember Damon peeping it and being like, nah. Oh, that, nah, that's not why I called you in here. I called you in here because I want you to do that thing you only you can do, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think from that, I was just like, oh, okay, so every space I walk into, all I got to do is bring myself, you know? Wow. That's what I took from from Damon, you know what I'm saying? Just, that might be one of the greatest observations any artist can come to. Mm, just bring yourself to any space, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to mold yourself or try and fit into it. Nah, man, you know, if you're in that room, it's because of you. So you can, do you trace all that's occurred in the last five years mm-hmm. kind of back to that, observ- that yes. moment? Yes. That's D. Yeah. And what would have happened if I just brought myself at that point? You know, mm. um, so that's something that they, yeah, I'll always have so much love and respect for Damon for that that one thing he said to me. It's funny, know? he has this reputation for being this like curmudgeonly, uncompromising, grumpy. At times, <laughs> you know, British would have a different word for it, beginning with C. <laughs> right. <laughs> New Zealand has used that word too, right? Uh-huh. I'm sure he's been called that many times, right? But never he's when it, lovely, man. he's he's the most he's he's one of my best mates. But yeah. but never excluding that personal relationship, never when it comes to the artist or the art. No, nah. like that. Nah. I feel like he's one of the most encouraging, special collaborators in modern music mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. And I'd love that you know anyone that's kind of worked with him or has a but he always has a space for them. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. Whether it's cool, we're playing here and come out and do this song and this show. Like, there's always a space to like be a part of that family. It's ever extending, it's ever growing, and and he's built that. You know, and I just it's it's really inspiring for me. Anyway, you know. But what's interesting to me about your journey is that you know you went and had that experience and saw what collaboration can be, mm-hmm. and then I just don't work with you anyone. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no. I love the contrast, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not going to leave it there. I mean, that's not a conversation. So I, yeah. I, I kind of want to know what gets in the way for you, or wh- whether there's hard and fast rules, or whether it's just feeling by feeling, and you just haven't felt it yet. Yes, yeah, it's, it's feeling by feeling, and also like I like to be in the room with people, you know, and that it doesn't always have to be like let's just make music first thing we do. Like let's just chop and just, yeah. and it's almost like. I don't know, I can sniff when it's not about just having a personal relationship first or building something because... You must want to chop your fucking nose off if you can smell <laughs> that out. Because that's 99% of the time. Yeah, and it just doesn't... I don't know. And and even when I think about the people that I do collaborate with regularly, whether that's Cleo or Flo, like we have... Re- and that's Team. why we're able to make the music we make. Even an artist like, let's say, Chronics, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, been my friend from from long time. We've worked on so many different stuff that hasn't seen the light of day, but we actually just have a real friendship. And those are the types of things I want to build with. And another thing as well, even when I think about like all the greats, like you ever saw a song featuring Bob Marley? You never saw a song featuring Fela Kuti. You never saw a song featuring Aretha Franklin. Like you never even Bowie with John Lennon. It wasn't featuring John Lennon. Right. It was written by and had John Lennon on the background vocals. Right. Right. Fame wasn't like fame featuring John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. and I understand the, the conversation of like, oh, you know, she don't collaborate or whatnot, but 
Um, oh, no, but there's a difference between collaboration and features. That's You've just established that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You collaborate really well. Yeah. You yeah. just don't do features. Right, as of right now. But if, I don't know, if the right situation or the right connection builds, then we'll see, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how's life? It's flipping life in Zane. It's, it's fun. It's actually fun. I'm trying to be very present and understand that now is all I have. You know, we're living our lives in like with about a 25-year age difference, but we're living, yeah. we're living lives and our processes, we're very identical right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same space. Yeah. It's like, mm, I'm too attached to change. Yeah, man. I'm obsessed with it. I need to just it's, sit still. It's not where it's at. It's just, it's right now. And like everything that happened, happened in, in the now. It didn't happen in the past. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like, I'm really trying to just be really present and like not worry about the future and not wait. Like I'm waiting for this to happen so that this can happen and I'm waiting on life to get better and I'm waiting for this. It's like, no, just now. The latest conversation on the list we're very proud of here on the interview series. Uh, it wouldn't exist unless you listen to it. We appreciate it every time. By all means, add a rating, add a comment and stay connected. We'll be back again next week with Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs>